My name is Johnny, and I have never seen Death to Smoochie. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. As always, my name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And this is the show where we show somebody, maybe a friend, maybe a complete stranger, a movie that they definitely should have seen, but have not seen it up until this point. Uh, as you heard up top, Johnny is our guest this week. So, Johnny, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Uh, so, we are going to go over this film from 2002. It is titled Death to Smoochie. Now, uh, much in the way that we kind of had this conversation about the original Mortal Kombat a few weeks back. This is something that wasn't necessarily well received. And I feel like many people might not put this on a you need to watch it kind of thing. But it has definitely gained uh, a cult status and, and grew legs on cable TV, uh, I believe, in the uh, in the mid to late 2000s. Uh, so, Johnny, I want to kind of discuss with you what you know about this movie uh, and how you could have possibly missed it just because this is one that was in heavy rotation on Comedy Central in the mid to late aughts. Yeah, um, I'm not entirely sure. Again, I I seldom have even heard the title of this movie. And when you had said something to the effect of like, I think Robin Williams or whatever, Danny DeVito is in it. It kind of like boggles my mind a little bit just because I I'm trying to understand like how I missed it because I'm a big Robin Williams fan, uh, arguably a, a um, big Danny DeVito fan. Um, I even liked his you know directing work over the years. I don't know really anything about this movie. I think when we sort of been talking about it between you know the time we talked about it and now, um, what appears to be um, someone in a uh, like a Barney suit. Um, funny enough, my <laughs> my logo for the Skype call right now is Barney. Still, funny yeah, enough, and it's lying uh, in a position that suggests that it is hurt or dead. Um, and then the title is Death to Smoochie, so I'm kind of just putting on my investigating cap. <laughs> And figuring out that that might be smoochy, but beyond that, I don't really know anything about it. I'm going to say that it's probably, again, like a dark comedy type of thing where, I don't know, maybe this 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 person owes someone money or whatever. I'm not going to try and jump to any sort of big conclusions or presumptions about the movie, but, I mean, that is it. Dan DeVito directs it. Robin Williams is in it. I don't know if he's a, in a big role. I think if he was in a bigger, like a big role in this movie, I think I probably would have known about it, but... I'm going to say think that it's probably a smaller role and it probably just flew under the radar for me some way or another. Um, I mean, do you want confirmation of the size of his role? No, I mean, I just, I'll just, just leave it as, as is. And again, okay. I don't even know who he particularly plays. He may play Smoochie and he's dead in like 10 minutes in the movie. I don't know. Considering how big his name is, I'm going to have a hard time wrapping my head around that. Um, yeah, I, I believe he's probably at the top of the poster given the, the star power of his, uh, yeah, I'm sure. He, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's probably got top bill and everything else. Um, yeah, don't he is know. above the title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, don't know who else is really in it. Was surprised to hear it's from 2002. I would have pegged it to be like a 90s movie or, you know, maybe even the 80s. Just because that was sort of around the time I think Dan DeVito was really doing a lot of directing work in that time period opposed to, I mean, I don't, I can't think of anything he's done recently. I mean, what is, has he directed anything in the last... 10 or 15 years besides maybe like an always sunny episode or something. Um, some shorts here and there TV movies, but his, his directorial work is really just throw mama from the train, 
The War of the Roses, Hoffa, Matilda, this, yeah. and the movie Duplex. And right, right. That's right. really it. I, yeah, I knew it was it was kind of a short list. I didn't think it was going to be too long. But, yeah, I can't really think of any sort of stylistic choices that he makes in his movies that stand out. So even if I did see it and no one told me about it, I don't know if I'd walk away saying it was Dan, a Danny DeVito-directed movie. Maybe not having seen the credits, but... um. Yeah, I'm kind of excited. You seem pretty excited when I put it on the list. I honestly, I think I've maybe heard this title before, but I end up hearing more. I, I keep hearing like Turner and Hooch instead in my mind for whatever reason. <laughs> Completely different movie, I, I imagine. Yeah, very few similarities. <laughs> Besides a couple of O's. Um, so, yeah, excited to go very blind to this Um it seems kind of up my alley. I kind of like the sort of like dark comedy, if, if that's what it is. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to semi-continue or have an epilogue of our suitmation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, te- technically some suitmation is, is involved in this, I think. And we, we have continued that trend much longer than we thought. Bridget, what about you? What is kind of your history with this movie? And uh, maybe as we touched on Danny DeVito's directorial work, like, Things like Matilda or Throw Mama from the Train. Sure. So so you hit the nail on the head talking about the Comedy Central rotation in the early aughts. Um, this is a movie that uh, my brother and I would have watched exclusively on the weekends with our father. <laughs> um, <laughs> not have been allowed at my mother's house. Um, so I've seen it a couple times that way, uh, but I haven't seen it since I was in middle school. I really liked it at the time. I don't know how well it'll hold up now, but we'll see. Um, but I've enjoyed quite a bit of Danny's work uh, as a director, particularly Matilda is, you know, a uh, uh, huge high watermark I think in terms of um Roald Dahl adaptations kids movies from the 90s so overall enjoy but I can't say too much without talking too much about the plot I guess so Adam (laughs) how about you yeah so this is you know like I said something that I would have seen multiple multiple times on Comedy Central I probably first watched it because I had HBO at the time, like this would have been probably around that time where my family would have got the, you know, the movie packages or whatever. My dad would have finally sprung for all the, the cable packages. So there was a lot of things I would have watched that maybe probably shouldn't have at this age. <laughs> um, but this is definitely something I would have seen first on HBO. It would have been in rotation on that. So I would have caught it on like HBO and then HBO West three hours later and then HBO, you know, whatever other version of HBO comedy later that week or whatever. So, you know, this is definitely one I've seen uh, multiple times. Johnny, you are correct. This is a, you know, kind of a black comedy, uh, dark comedy role. So uh, I do think that you will you will get some enjoyment out of it. I am a little worried because I, too, have not seen it since the early to late aughts. So I don't. There are things that I can picture in my mind, like little sight gags and things that I still find, like I giggle at, but Mm -hmm. I don't know how the rest of it will necessarily hold up both as a comedy and I don't really remember how, how it may hold up in terms of how comedy has changed in the, in that time period or how my sensibilities may have changed. I don't know. I, it gets pretty dark. There's some stuff in there that 
you know, is like, oh, okay, wow, they really, uh, they're really going balls to the wall here. So I don't, I don't necessarily know if every joke will still land, but I, uh, so I'm a little worried on that aspect. If it may not hold up, because uh, again, I have not seen this in quite some time. But it it was one that was in very heavy rotation uh, during that time period. I I like Matilda as well. Uh, I think that's the only one of Danny DeVito's directorial efforts that I've seen. I haven't seen Thrawn from the Train, Hoffa, Duplex, any of those. So I you know I don't think to your point, Johnny. I don't think he has a specific like visual style. I think it's probably more of a subject matter that he tries to to steer towards with his with those choices. But I don't think you'll come away with anything being like, oh, that was a quintessential. You know, yeah, I mean, unless it's way. like Matilda with all the fisheye lens, where everyone's <laughs> face is just massive. It just makes the kids look so small. The way yeah, they film I, that is, is kind of great. They make all the adults look like insanely big and bloated in that movie, and like all the kids are just like these super narrow, wide shots. It's 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 an interesting. So I don't know if maybe he kind of used that here or not. But yeah, you you guys saying that it's in heavy rotation or was on he, uh, heavy rotation on HBO and Comedy Central. Makes me think that I, the chance that I may have seen this, but I'm curious if it's as original and unique as maybe you guys are suggesting that like it'd be like, oh, no, you would definitely remember if you saw this or that or whatever. So I may have like an aha moment watching this and be like, oh, I think I have seen like that scene or I've seen this conversation or whatever. But as far as I remember or know, like I I don't have a single frame of this this movie in my head. So we'll see. But I feel like the suit, the one that you see in the poster. Yeah, I feel like that would be something that you would remember. Correct. Yeah, I would remember that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just curious if outside of the suit and I'm sure there's drama that happens outside of the suit um, besides a person sweating in it for God knows for how long, <laughs> but um, or bleeding out of it. I just don't know. I, I could I could have I maybe have seen parts of this, but I'm I'm hoping that I haven't. So it's completely fresh and new to me, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm really hoping this isn't one of those Johnny's wrong moments where five minutes in you're like, oh wait, no, I know this movie backwards. Yeah, that's forwards. that's like, <laughs> that's gonna be the big like I screwed up. <laughs> so it's all right. Either way, we'll we'll get to talk about it. But I I definitely think that you would remember it if you had seen it, just because it is it's, it's pretty zany <laughs> in some of the the aspects of it. Yeah, uh, I mean it's a Robin you know Robin Williams is in this movie, so you know you know what he brings to the table in terms of nonstop quippiness and things like that so you know i feel like you remember his parts potentially so i i have a good feeling that maybe you haven't seen it just because i do think some some things would have stood out yeah but now i don't all want you to answer this but is danny danny devito in the movie or is he just directed maybe just just say you're not going to answer that but i'm just curious no i mean he's he's in the movie he is in the movie okay okay i won't i won't bring up the other people that are in this movie because you only know basically him and robin williams correct because i'm gonna yeah because i i I, correct but i was gonna say that i believe every movie that he's directed he has had some sort of minor role in no matter what so i just i'm thinking that's probably the case here too Mm -hmm. did he write it i don't know is is that someone who wrote this he did not okay he did not i don't i don't know that the writer of this did anything of note let me double check on that then he he was a writer for david letterman previously um and the larry saunders show he oh, yeah. snl yeah okay. but he hasn't nothing else like a full length feature film since this to his, 
yeah, yeah since this um his he's released a what wikipedia called a pseudo memoir um and that's that's it okay so i think his name is adam resnick yes yeah so nothing really of note there i i think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the number of faces that you recognize in this good um there is quite a few big names at the top uh, it doesn't really it's not like one of those where every time you turn around there's gonna be like oh my god it's that person oh my god it's that person but i do think that there are a lot more people that you'll end up recognizing in this than maybe you would have thought, which will point to even more questions about how this <laughs> didn't <laughs> come across your radar before. Have you ever heard like other people talk about this movie or is this like us bringing it up and being like, Oh my God, that was. Yeah, really- no, I, this is like the first time I think anyone's sort of been like, Whoa, you haven't seen that or whatever. Cause again, I, I don't know how I ended, ended up throwing, cause I personally put this on the list. It wasn't like you guys put it on and we sort of figured out who hasn't seen it. I don't know what exactly I looked up when I was sort of just searching for movies. It could have been like cult movies or something to that effect. And I just saw it on there and I was like, oh, okay, interesting. And it's I saw the director and saw that I was like Robin Williams. And I'm like, okay, I guess I really have to throw this on the list because it's a no brainer. But um, yeah, I'm excited because I do really enjoy movies that sort of, you know, I feel bad for them because they didn't perform well at the box office or they weren't well received. But I'm glad that they found legs in life later on in life with. Uh, getting cult status um, or what have you, or, you know, if it's a very like quotable movie or there's, you know, you know, smoochy freaks out there. Like, I don't know, you know, (laughs) I mean, there might be smoochers. Yeah. There's freaks of all, uh, of all genres and (laughs) and characters. So it wouldn't, (laughs) wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm excited. Again, I don't really, I I don't really get a good look at the suit either, so I'm not even sure what exactly to expect. Like, I don't know if it's like replicating any sort of like animal, uh, animal, or if, if you will, or it's just like some random weird looking thing like off of Sesame Street. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I'm excited. I I don't really have anything else I think I can say about it beyond that. Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of really curious how I've missed this one myself. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think I have anything else that we can really go over without without spoiling much more of it. You know, this isn't one of those where it's the director has a long history of things and we can talk about that. But I don't know, Bridget, do you have anything else that you want to prime Johnny with? No, not not yet. Okay. <laughs> All right, then, Johnny, what do you have to say for yourself? Fine, I'll watch it. He slams the door, he stomps his feet, sends me to bed with zilch to eat. But my stepdad's not mean, he's just adjusting. His temper's bad and he's a slob, he's bitter cause he lost his job. But my stepdad's not mean, he's just adjusting. So three cheers for the man that I proudly call Stan. He's not quite a dad or a brother. Yes, he gets cross, but still, he's, he's the boss. And besides, he takes care of my mother. So be patient with new friends like Stan. It's tough to be mom's second man. But your stepdad's not mean, he's just adjusting. So remember, kids, a stepdad is a lot like a new puppy. They need patience and love while they adjust to their new surroundings. But remember, if he is ever abusive to you or mommy, what are the magic numbers? 911! That's right! 
All right, welcome back. We have just finished watching the 2002 film directed by Danny DeVito, entitled Death to Smoochie. Johnny, you are hot seat this week. How are you feeling after watching this film? God, this movie was so unusual. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. It's fascinating in like all the ways that I don't know if they were shooting for it, but yeah, like right off the bat, I, I was like, I feel like, honestly, I felt like I went and sat on the couch and I dreamt this movie. (laughs) Like, yeah, I, 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 goodbye princess bride and whatever the other one that we watched. I mean, this is the new fever dream trophy winner right here. Um, it's bright, I, it's colorful, it's dark, it's grim, it's all of the it's, it's, it's everything just, rolled oh into Oh my life. god, I know. Every color on the palette is used. Um I don't I I don't even know quite where to start with this movie. I will say that I know we kind of mentioned earlier that, you know, Danny DeVito doesn't really have any sort of, you know, uh, stylistic trademarks or whatever. Yeah, I take um, that back. I take that back. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could definitely especially it kind of eased up a little bit like after the beginning, but like, you know, like, like right when John Stewart's character is in, in that board meeting, I'm yeah. like, this is exactly like the Trunchbull and all the kids in a classroom or like vice versa. It just, the way they angled it and did it, it made John Stewart look like he was three feet tall. It was, yeah. it was, it was really bizarre. And then He's all the bright co- giant room. That's only primary colors. I know. And then yeah, I, yeah, I, <laughs> This movie kind of gave me like a headache right off the bat because of how <laughs> bright and colorful it is. Um, I mean, I barely got it through the first uh, Randolph Rain- or Rainbow Randolph's uh, musical number in the beginning. Yeah, my I mean, my I feel like my brain is just like mush right now. I I I I'm glad that I got to see Robin Williams the whole time, mm-hmm. even though I almost didn't laugh at a lot of the stuff that he did. He had a couple of funny lines, but there's just I, this movie has a ton of misfires for me. There's just there's so many like there's so much talent on the screen mm-hmm. that it's like really bizarre that it didn't work out better, at least in my opinion. I, I don't know if it's the script or anything. It's it's zany enough. It has the right sort of like as characters in it. It just they're not really given a hell of a lot to do after a while. Once the initial premise is sort of set up. I was like, okay, they're just kind of going to go back and forth, like doing like, you know, like getting revenge on each other, kind of between Robin Williams. Uh, Ray, uh, I'm going to keep screwing this up because it's like a tongue twister. Ray, Rainbow Randolph yeah. <laughs> um, and Smoochie. I will say, though, I have a feeling that I have seen the scene where he's singing to the heroin addicts at the Methadone Clinic. <laughs> I don't know why I, on- I only recognize that scene. And maybe the last, last scene where we have uh, the Fast Times at Ridgemount High dude teacher like trying to snipe Smoochie from the arena. <laughs> but everything else was completely fresh to me, which I, I'm glad because I didn't like I, I didn't want to have that feeling that, oh, I recognize this movie and it's going it's to be kind of like, oh, I recognize this. I recognize that. And it's not going to be as fresh. So that was a good quality of that. I mean, I don't know if that's a quality of the movie. That's just the quality of the experience, I think, of having seen it so fresh. Yeah, glad. So Edward Norton didn't know he was in it. Mm. Arguably the best 
actor or performance in the movie if we want to even look at the yeah <laughs> the, the performances in the movie um has the best lines has the best kind of just character i liked how gleefully like ignorant he was about other things and then just like such a brain on like soy vegan dogs and <laughs> whatever that black garbage he was eating at nathan's was i was like I, as soon as that black shit came out i'm like what is that <laughs> but he was excellent in it the costume was funny enough i will say though when uh what's his face the uh the slow ex-boxer who's running the restaurant i I, first of all i don't even know like how you can conjure up something like that i don't even know where someone came up with the idea of having that but anyways when we got him in the moochie costume i'm like oh my (laughs) god they're gonna kill this guy so I saw that comment as soon as the, and I'm sure that was sort of meant to be like an aha moment for everyone to sort of see like, oh, it, it must be him getting whacked. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to kind of like turn to you guys because I'm, I'm going to go through my notes uh, with you guys. But having seen it and I think I guess for years for both of you, I mean, I don't know, Bridget, with you first, maybe like are you having maybe the same reaction? I'm a, a familiar reaction. E- oh, yeah, because what I could remember, there are some you know, fifth grade Bridget, there were some high watermarks for me. <laughs> Nearing 30-year-old Bridget, I, I was just... I, I was You're exhausted. flabbergasted. I don't even know I what was, to say. I, I, and I'm exhausted. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote Roger Ebert's review. <laughs> Jesus Christ. From 2002. Um... He uh, was not happy with this movie. He gave it half a star. uh, And he speaks to sort of what you were talking about, Johnny, with like, you know, it's packed with these people who are very talented um, and it never gels together. He writes, only enormously talented people could have made death to Smoochie. Those with lesser gifts would have lacked the nerve to make a film so bad so miscalculated, so lacking any connection with any possible audience. To make a film this awful, you have to have enormous ambition and confidence and dream big dreams. <laughs> and he named it the worst film of the year. God. Yeah. <laughs> I... And like, I just, you know, I, my my biggest gripe with this movie is I was bored yeah it just it, it's it's meandering me, and i don't know i adam <laughs> <laughs> i have fun with it. <laughs> yeah. i yeah it's um it's very like loosely connected movie like the the scenes don't really seem like they fit together like it almost seems like there's two movies in there somehow where like there's this revenge plot movie and it should be all about that and then there's just this lovable goof trying to get over on the network movie like it feels like if those were two completely separate movies this they might be really good but there's just there's there's a lot go there's a lot going on but i do i did laugh several times like i did have a, a you know a few good hearty chuckle moments not necessarily enough to sustain the the runtime but i, I don't know it's there's something fun about it, and I think Edward Norton does a really good job of making me want to stick around. So to your point, Johnny, he is definitely the uh, the best performance in this. And I just 
I like his characterization of of Mopes and, and Smoochie. I love that he's just, you know, he's wide-eyed and all a wonderment at the beginning, and then he gets a little cynical, and then he, you know, he goes through just kind of the ups and downs of learning the the gig, which is bafflingly weird. Um, but <laughs> so many twists and turns in children's television. There really you know? are, yeah. Um, but like all in all, like you want to see him go through and succeed and, and pull off this like grand plan of just teaching children and bringing wonder and, <laughs> and niceness to the to the world. So I, I don't know. I have fun with it, but it's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I, it's again, like I said, it's fascinating for it gets marks for being just so bizarre. And almost otherworldly, like I almost like I feel like I, I watched the movie like it's like this movie belongs like in another dimension or something like an <laughs> alternate reality, mm-hmm. like yeah, where they experience time differently or something. Yeah, and 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 not so much that like if you that it's so weird, it's it's so weird and it contains such high talent that like that I can't believe I missed it, and and it's almost like like everyone else has seen the Death Smoochie and I haven't, and I'm seeing something that's like. Like shouldn't exist at all. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I wanted so badly. I had the theory going into this movie. I'm like, you know, I think I know why this movie failed. You know, it's a late '90s movie that came out post 9/11, and America wasn't prepared for a dark comedy. And then I got about 30 minutes in. I'm like, that's not why. <laughs> yeah, that's not why at all. <laughs> That's like, and there's no, I can't, I can't come up with a single coherent thing to like say about this movie. Yeah, and it's it's funny is that they threw they must have thrown like quite a bit of money at this too because there's like a lot of like there's a lot of uh, what um, crowds and um, obviously we were shot in Times Square like a whole bunch of times. And then, yeah, just it seems like they just needed a lot of extras for a lot of things, and there's all these sets and musical numbers, and I'm like, they're throwing a lot of money at over some like assassination hit movie on like a children kid. It just I I can't believe a studio said go for it. It's like it's it's bat it's baffling <laughs> the capital B. But to Adam's point, I did in some weird way I kind of realized like okay, this is gonna be a movie that I'm not gonna laugh at like a lot at all really i'm going to maybe get one every now and again that's going to be like i'll i'll snicker i will say for a good chunks of this i was kind of like smiling like i was kind of just like like maybe maybe even nervous a little bit like i don't like, <laughs> like almost a little nervous anxiety like i don't know what i am watching i don't know what's going to happen i don't know what's going on smoochy looks pretty cool and like that's it john stewart uh is bizarre in this too he has a couple of funny lines about uh, kahula flavored peanuts at some point i laughed at that <laughs> i think when he's offering up him, like that the gift bag in the parking yeah. lot or whatever but yeah so it's like it's filled with tiny little nuggets that are that are funny but like they're so far and few between and i know we kind of like before we we went on talking about the runtime this felt like two and a half hours or something like that if you feel yeah. like a lot of the time in between because it's just not moving nearly as quick as it needs to and uh, and it's 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 tragic to see such a and I think I said before we started that oh I wasn't sure if Robin Williams was going to be in it that much I'm glad that he was and I'm kind of disappointed 
as well because he's given so many opportunities. It's just he's just for Rob for a Robin Williams movie. It should be very funny at least, and it just not. It just not. And I I I say that for like a comedy. Obviously, he has some dramatic roles, but I mean, besides like the 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 cock cookie, like I don't <laughs> think he has like any big like funny moments. At least for me, that's a very funny scene. But yeah, it just it's kind of it's it's weird. I my emotions are all over the place with this. I'm disappointed. I'm happy I saw it, but I'm just endlessly fascinating about how this movie was even made. <laughs> I just, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Like, the, uh, like I, I, I uh, Bridget, you've seen The Sopranos. Like, yeah, Jackie April yep. is is Jackie playing April that 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 guy. Is um, the guy? Yep. With the cowbell, and there's uh, also. Moochie. <laughs> Yeah, Spinner. Yeah, Spinner. Spinner. Thank you. Which I couldn't tell if he kept saying, no, I'm Spinner or I'm spinning because he was getting drunk as well. He's like, no, I'm Spinner. He's like, yeah, you're Spinner. He goes, no, I'm spinning. So <laughs> I just didn't know what was – I was spinning hearing the dialogue. <laughs> Again, this movie is full with a lot of cool, interesting pop-ups too. Like I liked – there are two people from Mrs. Doubtfire in this. One is like the network head in the beginning that I noticed who's also a TV network head in Mrs. Doubtfire. And then – Robin's brother, the one who does the makeup in Mrs. Doubtfire, is yeah, Harvey uh, Firestein. Yep. I don't quite he's, remember his name, but he's the evil, uh, the evil head of the children's charity. <laughs> right, right, right. I think I wrote Paradise of Hope. Parade of um, Hope. What was it? The Parade of Hope. The Parade of Hope. Okay, it's right. A good right. charity name. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, in the movies fairly cruel in a lot of places um, i'm not gonna get too much into it but it's definitely of its time maybe even a little bit beyond its expiration date as far as things they could maybe say or do but yeah and then when we get to the scene where they sort of uh robin williams set him up randolph sets up um mopes is that his last name i don't remember his first name i just want to call him Smoochie. it's sheldon sheldon mopes sheldon mopes um, where he sets him up at the uh, – I don't even know where it was. It was like a sand pit in, outside of New York City. <laughs> I don't know how he picked up the signs on it. But yeah, anyways, he, it he, like he industrial... thought he was playing a show at a sand pit in New York City or Staten Island or something. Yeah. Um, when I saw the Nazi flags come down and everything, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> it's like they kind of like – it's almost like they wrote themselves into a corner and they're like, we got to do something like big and stark and weird and amp it up. Let's throw Nazis into it. And funny enough, we're finding a weird uh, through line with some of our movies here with uh, with Nazis and other things. But I know. And, 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 and Suitmation. Nazis and Suitmation is a, is a big one here. Nazis and Suitmation. What a terrible combo. Yeah. Oh, my I, God. It's just uh, – yeah. So I I snickered that at that because I'm like, oh, come on. What are we doing here now? <laughs> it's just because it gets – it's – that's what I basically – how I reacted to pretty much every other move like after the third – after the first act. It was just – they just kept just throwing stuff at the screen, different scenarios. I mean, even like Robin Williams trying to like kill himself in Times Square with gasoline. I'm like, what? What are we doing here? And and just another thing like on the Nazis too. I, I definitely laughed when they popped up again on the ice show, which was <laughs> an outrageous ice show at the very yeah. least. I love that they. I thought it was funny that I didn't really give it any sort of credence or thought that um, what the ice show was really going to be, and I kind of. I laugh that it was kind of like a meta sort of show about his life and what he's experienced. I, it was a retelling of the movie. 
It was a retelling of the movie and arguably probably the movie with the right runtime too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it just, and, and it totally, Bridget's uh, point, I'm just having a hard time like threading or putting together like the pieces in this movie that make a coherent movie and not trying to like purposely trying to figure it out. I just can't even like remember where certain scenes even take place now. Again, like I'm talking about Nazis and then we're talking about, you know, Robin Williams with gasoline on him. And I know that's like a separation of like 45 minutes or something. And I have no idea what happened in between that. Yeah. You could mention it and I'll be like, oh, yeah. But right now my brain is fried. My notes look like like they start. I'm like, okay, here's my thoughts going in. And then it's just like. Oh, yeah. If if I found this and and I didn't have a smoochie review at the top of this, I'd be committed. (laughs) (laughs) They would look at this and they would commit me immediately. It would look um, like all the uh, like the sheet music that has "Die Smoochie, Kill the Rhino" yeah. on written on it. <laughs> yeah, I, I love think... the, I love his apartment too. Whatever with the, the rhino pictures everywhere, I'm like, this is outrageous. <laughs> I used to have a picture up there of a lady with a, with a small plant, very tasteful, no bush. Yeah, no and bush. Just a picture of your fucking mother. <laughs> <laughs> I think the I think one of the things that trips this movie up is you know it's supposed to be a black comedy it's supposed to be a satire i don't know that it always knows what it's satirizing necessarily like i don't i don't think it knows whether it wants to be a like dark satire or just a farce yeah, I think at one point they definitely like lift like not the curtain or sort of like what they were thinking about maybe making fun of, but like when Robin Williams goes ape shit with like uh, Angelo's is Angelo right the little guy, yeah Angelo's lamp or whatever with a TV and he goes fucking Teletubbies you fucking Barney from hell you bastard Sesame Street son of a bitch it just he kind of just goes off all the like kids mm-hmm. suitmation <laughs> I, I gotta get that out of my my vocabulary. Nope. I think it's it's too late. We're poison my body. Yeah. Or we uh, could add we could start saying a foamy instead. Foamy. A foamy. <laughs> um yeah, I I one of the things that I was expecting going into this, like, okay, we're gonna see a lot of holdover of that Gen X anti yuppie sensibility, you know, like sort of fuck political correctness, fuck this washed out, like watered down children's entertainment meant to just sell stuff for kids, which is sort of there. But then, you know, the person, the real hero of the story and the person you're most drawn to as the audience is the most sincere, vegan, (laughs) gluten-free dude on the planet. And so it just... The whole thing is mind breaking. It is, and I like that part is funny. Like, in the, like, like we talked about Edward Norton's character is the highlight of the movie. I think for all three of us, um, but his, I will say, what I thought was funny when we get to the ice show venue and like all the vendors are like, <laughs> there's no salt on the pretzels, and it's there's. I don't know if you noticed, they're all changed to like vegan this, soy that. Mm-hmm. Um, he finally got the hot dogs. On he finally every, got the hot dogs. Yeah. Gun. Again, they have. There are some good ideas in here. They just don't have enough weight to get off the page. They just 
like I like I'm I, I, like, when Robin Williams starts going off on like a rant or something in this movie, it's like okay, here we go, here we go. This is gonna be really funny, and like it just it's nothing. It doesn't go anywhere. It just well, he's just given like words that I don't think he would really say. And I, there's a lot of like you know the, the analogy humor in here, which he sort of like is famous for. Um, but even those like fall flat a lot. So I'm not even sure. Yeah, well, because you can't. Part of you know, when you watch a Robin Williams performance, that is, you get to see the heightened, you, you know, you're riding the roller coaster and you're about to hit the peak and then it drops and it's that wacky zaniness. You can't start at a 10 and grow any further. And everyone in this movie, besides yeah, the that's a very good argument, point. is, you know, turned up way, way, way too high. So it's almost like you can't. These kids drowned out. Yeah, it's it's like what I imagine it would be like to be in a rave, like just music pounding and there's lights everywhere. There's smoke machines going and an elephant walks through and you're like, I would be amazed to see an elephant anywhere. But if you're experiencing so much sensory stimulus, stimulus, you're like, is that it? Was that an elephant? Anyways, a penis cookie? What? Yeah. <laughs> you just, you, it never, it never hits the way it would if you had these regular more people, grounded, regular subdued... world, and Robin Williams just being zany and just sort of like, yeah, Moment. I to- I totally get that, and that was something that I was thinking too is like. Maybe he's just not funny because everything around him is so crazy, weird, and heightened that it just – and again, he's not like dead not funny in this movie. He definitely has a couple of funny things like the whole little cab ride that he does to bring him to Staten Island on the sandpit yeah. is is mildly funny. My favorite again, shot I, in that is where Edward Norton is behind him and it's like weirdly green screen. Like they're not in the same car. Yeah, I, I mean, like they did that because they wanted both their faces in focus, which some it looked really weird here, but it's something that like a lot of uh, not a lot of movies these days do it, but like older movies try to do, so they don't have to keep racking focus back and forth with the camera. They just have both of them. So and like even your eyes know it immediately because it's just naturally not how you see foreground and background images that clear at the same time. So yeah, I did notice how bizarre that was, but uh. God, yeah. I mean, I don't really know where to head next with my thoughts on this movie. <laughs> oh my god. Um the out the the body, the outline was pretty funny with the the police. I was like, I know they're gonna do it. Yep, they did it. Oh, where they draw the, <laughs> where, the where rhino Mucci's outline. Daddy, or where Muji's body was, it's like the outline of the costume. I'm like, yeah, they did that, of course they did. Speaking of Muji, what did you think of the uh of all the different evil forces. So you've got the evil charity, you've got the Irish mob, you've got the, the network, I guess, technically his agent. What, what was the, did you like any of those in terms of like them being a main antagonist in this? I mean, again, you got to like think in this world, how zany everything is. So it's, it's, it's hard to distinguish all of them because they're all crazy and overblown. And like the Irish mob is just so just ridiculous. I would say I enjoyed the Irish mob because they were just kind of – they were funny here and there, and they ended up being on Smoogie's side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was busy. There was a lot of bad guys in this movie, and then like even like uh, introducing 
Bugsy, but I don't know what the hell this guy's name was. Do you remember the sniper? Uh, uh, Buggy. 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 Buggy Ding Dong. Yeah. Buggy Ding Dong. Yeah. Excuse me for the hyphen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I, I they're all fine, Adam. I can't really. It's they just all they, it just all gets kind of mushed together. It just looks like mush to me. It's just they don't. I don't know any. Their motivations are foggy at best. I know they're probably said fairly quickly and you can ingest them then. And then it's like it just disappears. It's just like hot air. I, so I don't – there are a lot of moving pieces with that. The whole network thing kind of completely becomes irrelevant. I think like all the stuff with Catherine Keener and like the – like I said, that guy in the beginning that's Mrs. Doubtfire's or it, it, uh, Robin Williams's boss and Mrs. Doubtfire or potential boss is completely gone within like the first 20 minutes of the movie. So all the all the issues of sort of making sure the studio survives with the you know the 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 serial and the plastic stuff and the t- and the shows that's all interesting and problematic in the beginning and then it's not a problem anymore now it's about the Irish mob and then then it's about this charity um, and then you know the, then Moochie gets whacked and then it's just it's they're piling a lot of stuff on and I think like I said I think it starts with a pretty decent premise and i think they could erode the whole like you know the network sort of trying to make him successful and then knock him down and use him up and spit him back out and that could have been like a story kind of there and then you didn't need like two or three other adversaries in this so it is very busy and it becomes very confusing on who's which side but really yeah, if, if i if i had to pick one i enjoyed maybe the irish mob the most just because they had the most screen time mm-hmm. yeah and i think a lot of what kind of makes the movie feel long too is that there's just a lot of the same segments over and over and over again. Like there are three Robin Williams breakdowns, at least maybe five where he's like crazy and insane. And then like almost suicidal, uh, where it's just like, and then obviously the, you know, the burning attempt, uh, which I did kind of like that moment and the immediate letdown afterwards of like, Oh, the little girl saved him because that's, you know, she remembers him and, and she wants him to live. And then immediately being like Smoochie's number one fan. <laughs> yeah, just putting on the cruel head again. Yeah, that was kind of brutal. Yeah. But... And there were like, you know, there were several times where you thought he was going to turn around. Like, all right, he's he's pulling through. And then something else sets him off. And then too many, uh, you know, clandestine meetings in a dark alleyway or office building or a car park or a construction site where it's just like, okay, we, we've done four or five of these already. So it almost seemed like the movie seems like a pitch meeting to figure out what you want to like, what train of thought you want to go down. But yeah, they put all of them in as different segments. Yeah, right. I mean, it's almost like, and they don't, there's not like indistinguishable like skits or anything per se, but like you, we talked about this guy working on television or SNL or whatever. It does seem like a lot of like individual like ideas for a skit or like a short or something to that effect and like they're all like let's just put them let's all stitch them together somehow and then give us like 50 million dollars and robin williams and and let's make a movie with it uh yeah it's 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 so messy i just can't i i when it ended i was like i definitely didn't hate it i thought it was very bizarre (laughs) and but but fascinating. There's a fascinating element to this movie that I can't shake for some reason. And I think it's, I think it's closer to a fascination of one. How did I miss this somehow? 
and like two, like I said before, like how does it exist? Like how does this physically exist in this world? I don't know how. It, it it's insane to me. And there's so many weirder, more weirder movies than this. It's just those movies like are have somewhat like some sort of semblance of like like a plot. And I I I don't know how to feel about this movie. It's it's I. It's weird. I'm gonna I'm gonna be totally different on this. Like one day, and then the next day, I'm gonna hate it. Just gonna flip flop back and forth. Basically, yeah. Yeah, some stuff that I feel like I would have liked to have seen in this, as opposed to some other things. Like I would have kind of liked a more of a backstory on Sheldon. Like you get these teases of he's got this dark past. He's got anger management. He clearly flips out at the end, so you know he knows how to be kind of mean and angry. He almost says bitch at one point. Like, yep. I kind of wish I saw where he came from a little bit. Like, how, how, why he's so genial and nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wish we could have seen uh, a flashback sequence to him in anger management, you know, and cut out the whole charity bit or cut out the whole, uh, you know, buggy bit or whatever. Like, do you just cut something else out and give me more? Of, of Edward Norton. <laughs> right. Even if it's not even sincere, that would have been a little more interesting. I mean, they touch on it when he's like, when they talk about how they're fans of Rickety Rick or whatever, the, the animal they liked when they were growing up. Oh, Ricketts. Or Ricketts. I'm sorry. Rickety Rick. I don't know. <laughs> See, this is what happens. I'm just sort of coming up with the names and the people in this movie. And I even enjoyed when he was like watching it or was she watching? No, he was watching it in his apartment. And I'm like, what animal is this? And then I'm like, oh, it's Ricket or Rickety Rick. <laughs> um, I was like, are they introducing another? Like, it just ins- yeah, they filled the time slot with a new person, and that's yeah. where the movie picks up. God, and then just to touch like on the shows themselves, like they were just so bizarre. It's like so like I feel like I'm dreaming or like having a nightmare. I don't know what's happening. Like the the scene where Edward Norton like almost loses it when he's like talking about how he handles anger and he like howls at the moon. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I'm like, I don't know how, what is happening right now. And then like he snaps out of it and they kind of dance around again. There's a couple of moments in there where I don't know if there's alluding to the fact that he's about to snap or something like that, but it's so bizarrely done that I just, I don't, I didn't know how to proceed. I don't, didn't know how to like, it didn't register for me. Like how, what exactly they were trying to do. When it's got the ominous drumming too, so you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh shit, is he gonna snap? Like, is this the moment?" And then he just, he's fine. He's just got a smile on his face. It's the time to do the ziggly wiggly, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> God. Um. I also like my stepdad's not mean. He's, he's just, just adjusting. adjusting. Oh yeah, I wrote yeah. that down. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. It was a good song. He had a lot of good songs. Yeah. It's like, but. The thing is, the movie is very bizarre. It's 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 a movie that has a lot of bizarre situations in them, and then there's like th- things like that where it kind of maybe shouldn't have pulled that and being so wacky and sort of kept it grounded just a little bit. Like they start singing about that. like that would never happen. They would never. That would just it's just not part of reality because I think a lot large parts of the movie they are trying to sort of have it be set somewhat in. You know, reality where these things happen in real life. People shave numbers off the top of charities and, you know, there's a lot of realistic scenarios here. And then they do like that song and it's like that would never go to air like ever. And it's like you see people like on the sidelines like Catherine Keener clapping along and like this is good. This is really going to help the network. So I think if they dialed that like some of those elements back a little bit, the movie may have been tonally a little more 
coherent, but yeah, I I I, I don't I don't know what how how you fix this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone showing up with the legs cut off and the legs are not there. It's like can you sew them back on? It's like no, where are they? Like, it's just like <laughs> there's whole chunks of this movie that are just gone and don't didn't show up on time or not even there. Well, and you know, like, no, it's someone showing up like no legs and saying, "Can you sew my legs back on?" And they've brought you four pairs of arms. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> crazy. Technically, you could get around, but it's not ideal. It's You'd not ideal. Have the yeah, two legs. Yeah, no, focus is what the movie needs, ultimately. I mean, I did chuckle at several things. I particularly enjoyed the like the Irish mob guy when he's like, cops don't do that ball thing. It's against regulations. <laughs> <laughs> like, they'll do everything leading up to that. So, like, there are moments where I definitely, like, laughed out loud. Uh, but it, it, it lacks so much focus where it needs to pick one antagonist, whether it's Randall, whether it's the network, whether it's the charities, you got to pick one and you got to run with it and you got to have enough mileage to make it to the finish line. Like you got to have enough, whatever one you pick, you've got to have enough ideas because there's a lot of ideas, but they're all disjointed and disconnected. So therefore it doesn't feel complete. And so and if there, you focus on just one of them, that's how, I think that's how you fix it. Because there are good jokes, like there are good funny moments. I mean, we we touched on it a little bit, but like the the magic cookie time is a really funny segment. The, yeah, like, that is funny, yeah. And I do enjoy the done... element where it's like the back and forth revenge stuff was was cool. I mean, it was kind of one way, obviously, for a while, and I enjoyed that. It was like this guy took over my slot, my time slot. I'm gonna get him, and I'm like, this is pretty funny. But again, they're like they're probably in the writers' room, like, okay, they probably. No, let's let's just do something different now. You know what I mean? Instead of yeah. just sort of like focusing on just like the uh, the the mano uh, mano sort of trying to get each other back, and then and then yeah, you, then maybe somehow something does happen where you have another adversary or network where they both get cut out of a situation, and then they sort of come back and do the number at the end. I don't know if you guys stuck around for it. I did watch the whole thing, <laughs> them flying around on the ice. Um, yeah, that was fun. It's funny, and again, like I'm smiling watching it, but I'm smiling thinking like I don't, I, I like I, this is now a memory that I have to, <laughs> to deal with for the rest of my life. This is a thing in my brain. This is a thing in I my brain. Reconcile with yeah. That. Um, and again, I'll if someone ever brings it up, I'll definitely have some sort of like PTSD or some sort of like I, and I and I'll tell them I don't know if I actually saw it or not. I may, I may have dreamt it. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, the fact that we have now uh, evidence or putting evidence into work right now that says I've watched it. Uh, but other than that, it's 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 so. Again, it, it flirts the, the line between a nightmare and a dream. It's not like a like a dream that I would love to have, but it's like it's almost scary enough that it's a nightmare. <laughs> what did you um, what did you think of the will they won't they uh, romance subplot? Did that do anything for you? Was there chemistry there? No, I mean the only thing. That, <laughs> <laughs> again, I'm trying. I'm trying to do my best to not completely shit on this movie. And again, I didn't hate it, but I would say maybe just that one part about the the rickets where they had that sort of that common ground there that was interesting. But then again, you have that plot where she's just been getting with every one of these child stars, like uh, child child show stars. Um, one after another. So I, I, 
I, I didn't really like her character. I like Catherine Keener a lot. I think she's great in a lot of things. That that's that's honestly it's the the biggest problem that I have with this movie. There's so much goddamn talent in this movie, and it's like none of it is working except for Edward Norton. Every now and again, I mean, he sustains your interest because he doesn't have like these big wild moments. I mean, he has a couple of them, but for the most part, it's like okay, it's Edward Norton on screen. At least I can like enjoy myself for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then we're back to okay. Now I need like. Uh, I need a map. I need pens. I need pencils. I need to like, I need balls of yarn to like to tack into the wall to figure out what is going on with this movie. And like you said, Adam, it's like my notes kind of look like those the Rob Williams like hate Rhino notes. It's this. <laughs> I'm surprised I can read them, but um, yeah, God, I I know I keep landing on this like <laughs> this ending thought with my thoughts here, but it's like I just don't know how to even stitch my next thought together with this movie. Yeah. I, there's a line that I don't really remember the reference to. Oh, it's like, I used to, we played to be cowboys and Indians, but I was a Chinese railroad worker. (laughs) Yeah. I thought that That was was pretty funny. That was the only line I laughed out loud at. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Delivery is beautiful too. It's beautiful. Yeah. I thought Danny DeVito's character was, was fine. He plays a lot of like the same sort of like guy in every movie. It was like always kind of scheming something. So he was, Perfectly fine in that role. And again, it's not like I ever watch a Dan DeVito like movie or a movie with Dan DeVito hoping that he's just going to like break out and be like the star of the movie. He just needs to be Dan DeVito in the movie, and he does it here. He does the job. Not to put down Dan DeVito. I think he's great. Um, but he does kind of play like that same sort of guy in every movie. Mm. So I was – yeah, I, I – again, I was – I wasn't sure if they were going to lean to him being like a bad guy at the end, like trying to like, you know, get smoochy and just kind of screw him over. I was kind of hoping that he'd be like a good guy in the movie. Um, but obviously it didn't turn out that way. Yeah. So again, like I like a fourth bad guy we have to deal with now. It just, and they're all kind of like maybe working together. Maybe they're not. So I feel like when they killed Harvey Firestein, I feel like you could have dropped the murder subplot from the charities. Just be like, all right, we're out, and then leave it up to, like, have Randall continue to, or Randolph continue to be the, uh, the bad guy there. Like, you needed to start trimming things to get to the end, mm-hmm. and they, and they still all just collided. Right, right, right. Yeah, you could have just had, you know, the network, like John Stewart could be your one bad guy, mm-hmm. along with Randolph, and it's like you have the. The bad guy who you believe is the bad guy and the bad guy that you don't know is the bad guy that isn't revealed until later. And you can still find ways to thread in penis rocket cookie, <laughs> Nazi rally, um, <laughs> the ice show, uh, the, 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 the big moments in this movie, I think, without some of the more like the Irish or the Harvey Firestein mob element mm-hmm. or Danny DeVito yeah for that matter yeah I mean with like the Nazi stuff like I think and that's why I kind of like chuckled when I saw him again I'm like I know they're just going so off the rails with this, this idea because now they're like publicly making entertainment out of like that situation with the Nazis where before it was like fairly realistic that maybe he kind of like got all these skinheads and people together for a show and sort of just framed him and like that would have happened then you now are putting on you're promoting a show with Nazis about this like incident. It's like a four four kids. Yeah. So it's just so 
they don't if they went that far like the entire movie then like okay you could do it but a lot of times they only did that like a couple of times and it's it was already wobbling a little bit now you're it's like teetering off a cliff um <laughs> It is weird to, to see Nazi flags juxtaposed against children having fun at an ice capade style uh, event. I know, and then like the yeah, and all the and, and then even like the kids skating around have like the the swastika band, uh, you know, yeah, the little badge on, on, on their arms and everything. It's like, for God's sakes. Yeah, it just it's so fascinating because this movie should not exist at all, and it does, and. I'm really like I'm really curious. I'm gonna be when this is over. I'm gonna have to like just because I am. I mean, I am curious enough and fascinated enough to like want to learn about how how why this movie was made, the production. I don't know if there's any sort of like bloopers or behind the scenes or any stuff like that. It'd be fascinating to see some of that stuff, um, or even even interviews about um, people talking about that because I know there's a this. I don't know what publication does it or youtube channel but there's this channel where you know actors sort of talk about their most iconic roles and i'm curious to see if edward norton talks about smoochie at all because that would be kind of funny um but yeah i would like to i'd like to see what how this movie is aged with the people that were involved with it and whether those memories are good memories or they are bad uh, memories blemishes on their careers i don't know I'm um, sure. I'm sure it's not well. I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, "Yeah, I'm sorry for that. I <laughs> I haven't seen it since we made it, or I never even saw it. I don't know. We're all still friends, though." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and um, yeah. I it, again, like, I, it was, it was. I, there are there are still Robin Williams movies that I haven't seen, so I'm glad that I've saw another a new one that I have not seen. Uh, you know, I think one is the Fisher King that I I want to see at some point, and some other ones. I know Bridget hasn't seen World's Greatest Dad. Is that right, Bridget? Correct. I'm not. Um. So again, like that, I'm not gonna get too into it, but I mean, there's a tone in that movie that's that is sustained and it sticks to that tone. That like this one doesn't. It doesn't stick to it. It just flirts with it, then comes back to it, then tries something else, then tries something else. But I am glad to have seen Robin Williams, another Robin Robin Williams movie. Edward Norton is great. I kept trying to think of what role he's done that's close to this, because he has done like that, like sort of soft-spoken you know it might be primal fear that i'm thinking of i don't know if that's one you guys have seen at all yeah Um, the accent is very reminiscent of yeah where he's just like that like yeah he's just like the church boy and everything maybe that's what i'm thinking of yeah well Uh, i kept thinking you know he's doing a great matthew mcconaughey impression (laughs) i mean he's a great actor and it's and it's funny because you know by this by this time he has been in you know primal fear uh, you know, like the Italian job, I think is already out American history X. And this, I was thinking of American yeah. history X a couple times in this movie. And I'm like, God, we are at the end of the spectrum on this one. opposed to American <laughs> history X and it has Nazis in it. Like what is going on? It's got a career theme. Uh, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been in fight club by this time. Fight club by this yeah, time. Yeah. So it's just like, it's so crazy that like, this seems like a last ditch sort of effort for some actors or actresses to sort of grab onto. And somehow like Danny DeVito, like convinced all of them that like in the middle of their career, the prime careers, maybe so much Robin Williams. I think Robin Williams started doing more like the world's greatest dad stuff and some other smaller roles. 
um, by the late or the early 2000s. But a lot of these people, you know, Catherine Keener kind of blew up. She kind of had a resurgence around this time with um, Forty Year Old uh, Virgin, uh, uh, yeah, uh, John Malkovich, um, and some other ones. So it's like I'm wondering what all of their agents were thinking, like saying, like, we, we do this one, do this one, do this one. It's really gonna do, do wonders to move you forward and advance the career. For Robin Williams, I mean, it's like he's already completely established. I guess we already talked about Edward Norton kind of being established, but um, yeah, it's 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 wild because I picture all of these people in, in wildly different movies, dramatic roles, and serious actors who I think take their careers very seriously. <laughs> I feel like I'm really shitting on this movie right now. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's like, hard to not just because it's so incomprehensible. <laughs> Um, I now and now I'm trying to think about because you know, like I think working with Danny DeVito as a director would have been a draw for a lot of these people. Um, I'm wondering if for I'm looking at at Norton's filmography right now just to see, you know, what had been released just kind of prior to this. You know, he had done Primal Fear, Everyone Says I Love You, The People versus Larry Flint. Rounders, American History X, Fight Club, Keeping the Faith, and The Score. So for the most part, like some kind of no straight up comedies. Keeping and, the Faith kind of is, it's kind of in, like it's it's lighthearted. It's a, you know, it's a romantic comedy. Yeah, I guess it's, yeah. I, yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I don't know. <laughs> the, thing is, the, the thing is, this movie is not entirely unique because i have seen movies that have tried to do their this tone and have have had better successes with it like i'm trying to think like something like i don't even know like a again we're talking like a dark comedy um you know something like i don't like uh is is like toy soldiers or gremlins or i'm trying to or like i'm trying to think of like a tone that this movie was trying to get and like being funny and shocking and mildly uh, cruel. Um, uh, cable guy, I feel like. Cable guy, that's a good one. Is it to, close? Yeah. It's a cousin to this movie. It absolutely is. That's a good it's, example. It's the cousin that like didn't drop out of college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just it 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 is it is very unique. But there are other movies that have have done this sort of dark comedy before and even like pitch black comedy and it's and it's funny and it and it works and oh man i'm so fascinated and aggravated <laughs> with this movie i just i just don't know i i i am glad that we watched it i am glad that it was i'm glad that i put it on the list um, so I, I can blame no one but myself, guys. I put it on the list, um, but it's not – I'm glad that we haven't watched a movie yet where it's not a flat-out fail for all of us. You know what I mean? Or one of us. I think we've all walked away from some of them uh, with you know reservations and stuff like that. But like you know, I don't know, Bridget. I think you didn't like some of the monster movies that we watched you know, lately. Um, I, I would say, yeah. Godzilla versus the the newest Godzilla versus Kong, but and you know Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. But 
So again, they're not all going to be. <laughs> they can't all be. They can't all be, and I'm glad that they aren't because, again, if we just kept watching movies that were just awesome and amazing and were thrilled yeah. by them, then this podcast would just be monotonous. You know what I mean? And I'm glad that we've we're shaking it up a bit. Again, we're not. It'd be weird if you took all the talent out of this and it was just like nobody's. It would be considered like a complete piece of shit. Yeah. And somehow it's it survived, particularly because of the faces in this movie. And like like the perfect example of right now. Oh, you haven't seen it? Robin Williams and Edward Norton in it, and it's it's a black comedy directed by Danny DeVito. And it's like, how the fuck did I miss this? And you take them all out, and like it's like this movie would be would be like a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Like no one would talk about it. It'd be trashed all the time, and it wouldn't achieve cult status. But the fact that it, I think the only thing cult status about it is that it's so crazy and and nutty. And like Brita said, it's completely incomprehensible, but it has people in this movie that people love and adore and they'll sit through it and try their best to enjoy it. I'd like to see I'd like to hear from someone who's absolutely like elated and thrilled about this movie. And it's like one of their favorites. I'm going to try and see what that person uh, one looks like and two, (laughs) what exactly their, their feelings are, why their feelings are about that movie, this movie. But um, yeah, this is a bizarre entry, uh, not only in, in movies, but in this in this podcast. Very much so. Well, I'm, I'm glad I am glad that we were able to show it to you at the very least, because it is it's so much more of its time than I had guessed that it would have been while we were watching it. Like all of the weird angles, all of the weird sets, all of the different set pieces all of those different elements, like the visual elements of it, I was just like, this is, they they don't make them like this anymore. <laughs> no, so, they don't at all. Um, so it was weird to go back, because like, I, I'm wondering, I was saying this to Bridget in the interim before, like, I'm wondering if I maybe liked it more when I was younger, just because I was younger, I don't know. Or I don't know if it's because like, I wouldn't watch the first 20 to 30 minutes because i'd always catch it on tv in the middle and it would like there would have been enough like you know weird little breaks because it would have had commercials so you would have gotten like a little break every 10 minutes and then in that next 10 minute sequence you'd have uh you know a couple of jokes that would be okay or would land or it would just be a robin williams rant so breaking it up i think honestly might have helped it and probably missing chunks of it also made it a better movie somehow yeah, even though it would have seemed more disjointed and more disconnected. But for some reason, I feel like it just kind of worked better on TV than it did watching it right now. And that's not necessarily a good thing, just kind of an odd thing that I can't think of many movies where I'm like, you know what, this works better with commercials and this works better broken up and in segments where like I can get up and go get a drink or go to the bathroom or like make a snack. Like this is this is a, a, a weird genre of movie in itself. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, right. I I think this movie I probably would have fared better from or voted well for me better if I had seen it like you know on a Thursday off with no classes in college. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like like it's mm-hmm. you know it's eleven o'clock in the morning and you're eating cold pizza and maybe it's taking a sip of some beer that you just opened or whatever and it's and it's on TV and it's being broken up and you're missing parts here and there and you know you're watching it again because it's Robin Williams or you know your friend said oh I used to watch this when when I was younger and you got to watch it now and um so 
it's weird because if this movie, I'm trying to think, when was this movie kind of like being syndicated a lot? Because if it was on Comedy Central around that time, like say like mid 2000s to you know late uh, to 2010s, like I I had a lot of time to spend in college, and a lot <laughs> of that was watching basic cable TV that had Comedy Central, and I know it did because I was also watching other stuff on Comedy Central at that time. So it's just I'm wondering how I even missed it there. I, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm not expecting an answer from you guys, but yeah. it's just somehow uh, evaded me. But yeah, it's I it's you're right, Adam. I think it, it'd be better if it was broken up and you're grabbing pieces here and there. And that's it, because, I mean, who's really like sat down and watched the whole movie Friday, like in a long time? You just watch pieces of it when it's on TV because it's fun. It's mildly funny. But if you just sat down and watched the whole thing, you'd probably be like, I, this is not like a really great movie and it's better enjoyed in bits and nuggets than it is as a whole movie in like experiencing the runtime or what have you. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have seen it now at, at, at 34, but may have been better, uh, if I had watched it, uh, in my early twenties in college. Um, Bridget, any final thoughts before we kind of wrap things up on this? No, this, <laughs> no, this movie has made my my brain smooth like a marble. <laughs> Go to bed and like dream that I'm a rhino. I don't know. Well, I can't wait. We... I want to hear about those. I want to hear about those dreams. <laughs> I'll keep you all posted. Johnny's gonna wake up from his and be like, "Oh, thank God, I didn't watch Death to Smoochie." <laughs> yeah, I'm really hoping that I wake up on my couch and wake. <laughs> my cat lick in my face or something like that and just the tv's off or it's in my hand ready to start the movie and i haven't watched it yet yeah. um but uh yeah it was a it it was a, it was a fun time i'm gonna say it's a fun it was a fun time but i i i i will avoid this movie i think at, all, <laughs> at, at, at every turn yeah it was a fun time talking about it with you both <laughs> yes i'll say that all right, well, that'll do it then for this week's episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine, I'll Watch It every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. So let us know what you thought of Death to Smoochie. What were some of your favorite moments? What were some of the weirder moments? Why? Which Which of the three different plot threads would you have picked to make this a coherent, possibly better movie. Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. But once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And I'm Johnny. And thanks so much for listening.